0: Is Bet,
1: Bet
0: MGM GM Tonight. Yeah. Join us for live sweats. Oh, yes! Let's go 80, that was five. a big balls three. Instant reaction. This
1: is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece.
0: And maybe a few regrettable decisions.
1: Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody can sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5'340, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? bet on the wizards yep
0: now live from washington dc it's ryan horvath trista crick and nick ashew
1: pj Glasser in the night nick ashew here got the heat up three on the bucks 62 59 11 30 to go in the third cleveland now turning this thing around they were down seven earlier up on 11 on the hawks Eighty-one, seventy. P.J., it is competitive because it's NBA in-season tournament night except for the Chicago Bulls. I told you that might be a blowout. 85-57, Boston up on Chicago. That is an ugly, ugly score.
2: I had somebody write into my show today and they were like, Should I lay the thirteen with the Celtics? And I'm like,
1: yeah, Yes, you should. The Celtics are the Celtics are covering <laughs> big numbers the, this year. They're
2: playing the Bulls. You absolutely should.
1: Nobody wants to be there. Everybody wants out. Zach Levine's begging to get traded. Nobody wants to trade for him and rightfully so. The Bulls are a mess. Bulls yep. are an absolute disaster. So it's been a long, long time since Michael Jordan roamed the halls of the United Center, that's for sure.
2: Man, Syracuse is up seventy nine to fifty three on LSU. Woo. That's How's not your good. Mississippi
1: State up. Oh, oh yeah, no. no. Oh I didn't even see the final, man.
2: Sixty seven to fifty nine. Oh, Ridiculous. I know. Good. They held Georgia Tech to sixties. Nick, I told you, I mean, they probably made like three three pointers. I gotta check the stats. They're dead to me. I wanna see what the what's the live <laughs> seven for thirty. Twenty three percent of three point range. Ridiculous.
1: What's the live total right now? So you we know, do Okay, so it is off the board, but the last one up, 169.5 for Miami-Kentucky. Oh, man. Dude,
2: Kentucky, yeah, they can't miss. The, they can't. Uh, they can't miss. They yeah, look you... really good. Kentucky's very good this year. Uh, like Kai said, though, it's just, is this offense going to be sustainable? Because they're shooting a ton of threes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, jump shooting teams when you get to March Madness, it's it's extremely hit or miss. You know, you're going to have to win six games, obviously, and you're not going to all do them the same way. you got to find different ways to win. Um but
1: yeah man their their offense is really really good. The question now becomes can Miami make this a ball game cuz the last thing I want to see is this game to get slowed down at all PJ. Mm. Not somebody taking the over like me. You on the other hand I know would feel differently. I I would love. <laughs> I would love. Let's get some scrubs in there.
2: Can Mississippi State players start no, showing up no, to Rupp none, Arena? No, we want none of that, my Shoot friend. Shoot some bricks, please. None of we that. We need a right couple now. of clanks. That'd be nice. I'm also waiting for my tie to tip off here in 27 minutes, Nick. So another high total in that game, 159 and a half.
1: PJ, I'm going to give you an example of why I don't like taking unders with stars. I threw it into a parlay. It was kind of an effort parlay. You get a bonus bet, I'm going to just be like, yeah, I'm going to have a little fun with it. Sure. Giannis now has 15. I had the under 32 and a half. I, you know, I didn't juice it you now. I jumped it up a little bit, right? 32 and a half. Yeah. I'm not feeling... Oh, make it 17. Not feeling good about that. Yeah, that may couple kill of the free, whole thing. a couple of free throws. I rarely ever do it, but I look... I, like, because the that's Bam matchup. thing.
2: Yeah, you there like were- the matchup against Bam. And that's
1: that's that's kind of like one of those well-known, like it's one of the few matchups he doesn't play well in, and it's similar to like when I talked about the Kavon Looney-DeMontis-Bonus sure. matchup. That's just become a well-known, like when these guys play, this is what you do. And eventually it can go the other way, and I'm feeling right now... It's gonna go the other way unless maybe we get a blowout and they sit Giannis. I'm hoping for a blowout in that game. Giannis just sits down, just relax. We don't need you to score anymore. It's gonna be fine. No big deal. So
2: I, I think he was bothered by the uh, by the Heat culture jerseys. So he's decided <laughs> to go absolutely nuts in this game. Yeah, I I'd be worried about taking under points with some with some superstars. I rarely do would.
1: it, man, and this is a reason why and I'm already you know I'm I'm Ron Burgundy right now I immediately regret this decision and I knew it <laughs> I knew that was going to be the case all right so we got a uh, Seahawks Cowboys on Thursday night football I'm I mean we talked to uh, Michael Sean Degar earlier uh, from the Athletic and he says it looks like Kenneth Walker like he didn't participate today in practice it's almost guaranteed without guaranteeing it that he doesn't play in that game. Mm -hmm. You're losing a major offensive weapon with questions about Geno Smith's health right now. And I got to be honest with you. uh, When I sit here and I look at the way that Seattle is trending, I am a little bit concerned about where this game's going to go. We got a lot of injuries and we got a lot of line movement because of those injuries early in the year. So let's take a look at all those, including this one, and what it could be.
0: Is he gone? For how long? How does this affect sides? Totals? Props?
3: It's time for another installment of Market Movers. PJ,
1: did you ever or have you ever watched uh, Futurama? I've not. Okay, you're not gonna get the reference either. Nobody's watched this damn thing. I've heard of it, but I've never watched you it. You won't get it, because every no. time I hear that and nobody else has watched it on this show, nobody He sounds like the professor in the movie, in the show.
2: No, I like I feel like I'm in a telenovela. Like I I that like was,
1: it. That was the goal. It's yeah. very dramatic. It is I'm In a case fan. you were wondering, PJ, I'm it's a- very dramatic. Uh yeah, I I Thursday Night football is just feels cursed this year it always does I, the one thing and you brought I think this is a great point is that both Seattle and Dallas are coming off really full full rest right like a yeah. full week mm-hmm. they played on Thanksgiving so that's a good thing but what I am concerned about Cowboys are nine point favorites in this Dallas when they're a heavy favorite, they they go out and they run teams off the Normally field. Normally do. And right now I see a Seattle team that's trending in the wrong direction. They can't get offenses off the field. Geno Smith and that offense, not only is he not healthy, but they've scored only three touchdowns over the last four games. This has the feel to me, with Kenneth Walker also likely out in this game. I think Dallas rolls. Dallas. I, I'm laying the points with Dallas. The total in this I probably wouldn't touch because I don't know what Seattle's offense is going to look like. I This just feels like a Dallas-rolling type of game.
2: I, I would agree with you. I think it's a terrible matchup for Seattle, man. Geno, he really struggles with defenses that are able to take him off his spots. I mean, you look at the Rams game week one when that Rams—really, both Rams games. I mean, the way that they were able to suffocate him, move his pocket against the Ravens. They only scored three points, really struggled against San Francisco, and that D-line— So these defenses that can get pressure, I mean, he really, really struggles. So I'm with you, Nick. This is what Dallas does, man. Mm -hmm. Like you said, when they're big favorites at home, they tend to roll in these types of games. And uh, we know what a big advantage it usually is for teams to play at home on Thursday night football, even though, like you said, again, it is technically a full week of prep. So hopefully this is one of the better Thursday games that we get. I I just, man, yeah, I I like Dallas. And normally I like taking – Teams like Seattle in spots like this, where they had an embarrassing loss at home, they're going on the road. Seattle's normally a pretty good road team under Pete Carroll, but I just think they're really overrated. You know, like yeah. their defense is is good, but in the secondary, but up front they're not great, and then. You know, offensively, especially with Kenneth Walker out, that's going to be a big loss. JSN's been been really good the last couple weeks. I think maybe you target him. Seattle's probably going to be trailing in this game, so he could get you some garbage yards potentially. Um, I really don't know if there are any other props that I would love in this game. Geno interception for sure would be one. I could see him having a couple turnovers. I'm with you, though. I'd probably, uh, I'd probably lay it with Dallas. Maybe you tease them down to three. You know that you got the nine there. Mm-hmm. You tease them down to the flat three. I think that's another option. Uh, Seattle team total under. I think I'm going to like in this game as well. I just think it's going to be tough for them to score. It's 19 and a half points. It is juiced to minus 145. I just, I, Man, I just, I can envision it now. Like that Dallas pass rush against Geno is really, it's, it's going to give them a,
1: a tough, tough game. Geno Smith at the end of last season, after his last 300-yard game, which was December 4th, against the Rams he threw for 367 yards he went to 264 238 215 183 then back up slightly to 213 that was 2022 one of my biggest concerns coming into this year with Seattle was are we going to see Geno Smith from the beginning of last year or the end of last year and we saw some flashes of hey wait a second is this guy an MVP but not as much this season and now we're watching that regression again where I, I, I take this one game out and I'll show you what that, I'll tell you what that game is in a second but if you look at October 15th lost to C, lost to Cincinnati he threw for t- 326 completed about 66 percent of his passes 219 passing yards 254 just 157 against your Baltimore Ravens then 369 against Washington I throw that out because their defense is horrible and they are a slump buster for every team's passing game in the NFL across the board and by the way they still will be moving forward so throw that out. Just 233, 180. I know he missed time against San Francisco, so that number's a little... We're watching the numbers continue to go down again mm-hmm. to where I'm starting to see the Geno Smith regression second half of the season that we got last year, and I'm losing a lot of confidence in Seattle. Now, yes, they're 6-4. and four. Yes, this is, considering half of the matchups we've had on Thursday Night Football, I sit around and go, Hey, man, we got Cowboys and Seahawks, PJ. I'm excited about it. But then you kind of really start to look at what Seattle's become, and it just it just has a feel of this could be very, very ugly for Seattle because Dallas is a great front-runner team. Now, the only thing, and I don't think this is going to be a factor, uh, Micah Parsons mispracticed today with an illness. Dante Fowler was out too, but, like, he'll probably be fine in the next couple of days. This is the time of year where people get sick. Uh, obviously, you can look, look at this set right now, and glad to have you here, PJ. Get better, Ryan. Uh, but, you know, this... It, it, it's just, that'd be the only thing, I think, that gives Seattle any sort of sign of life is if you have a bunch of guys getting sick and they can't play. Yeah. Like that's really it.
2: No, I think, I mean, we've seen Seattle go up against some of these elite teams in the NFL. You know, we saw them play the Ravens. They get blown out. We saw them play San Francisco. They get blown out. I know they won at Detroit early on in the season. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this is a smash spot for Dallas. I think I think they win this by double digits. I'm with you. I'd probably... I'd lay the number with them. I don't have really any thoughts on the total, It'll probably being under for me. Just, again, primetime unders, keep rolling with that trend. And I-, I don't see Seattle scoring much in this game. So for this over to hit, Dallas would have to do it by themselves. They're certainly capable. I mean, they've scored 40-plus a number of different times at home this season. But uh yeah, that, that Dallas minus nine I think is a pretty good play on Thursday.
1: Yeah, and then we've got Jonathan Taylor who's gonna miss a couple of weeks too. This kind of came as a surprise out of nowhere today, of course. Scott Lynn was like, Oh, he's on my fantasy team, and then he lists off like three great running backs. Uh, he's got like what are you, what are you complaining about? I mean, you'll you'll be fine. I think you'll be okay. The thumb surgery, they're saying two to four weeks. Sounds like it might be closer to two at mm-hmm. this point. So now Indy's just a one point favorite over Tennessee. Uh, I, I just I never know what to make of the Titans week by week at this point. But I we've watched the Colts offense still move the football without Jonathan Taylor out there on the field, right? Like they, they've been able to run the game. Uh run the game. They've been able to run the ball. If I could speak, that would be good. I'm trying to look up exactly. I wanted to see last week and exactly what Yeah, I mean listen, Gardner Minshew's gonna be a liability, right? Gardner Minshew will turn the ball over. But Zach Moss will just get more carries. He had eight carries for fifty five yards last week, but he really came on when Jonathan Taylor was out. And we watched somebody get significant attention, right? 11 for 66 against New Orleans a few weeks ago. He hasn't gotten a lot of carries over the last couple of weeks. But 18 for 57 against Cleveland. 23 carries, 165 yards against Tennessee the last time they played. So I would target Zach Moss in this game as somebody to really keep an eye on. I'm sure obviously the market's going to recognize that too and jump those numbers up a ton and flake the hell out of them. But that's still somebody that if I'm the Colts, especially knowing Gardner Minshew is a turnover machine, this could be a big Zach Moss game
2: feels like a great teaser spot for the titans just teasing them up to plus seven tough to beat a team two times divisional game i kind of like the colts team total under at 22 and a half feels like when teams play at tennessee their offenses really tend to struggle colts have been killing it though with their team total overs this year i think in 11 games they're like nine and two they're very quietly scoring a bunch of points this season that's why they're six and five I'm with you, though, Nick. The Titans are just—they're a gross watch, man. Derrick Henry, we we all kind of wondered when it would finally come. When would Derrick Henry start to look human and it's starting to hit? Will Levis, I mean, it's still early to tell with him. We've certainly seen some great moments. We've seen some not-so-good moments. Um, He hasn't faced the Colts yet, so that is a big advantage, um, even though the Titans have already played them. They're at home in this game. I just I really don't have a good feel, but I do like teasing the Titans up to seven. I do kind of want to take the under in this game at forty two and a half. But again, because of how great the Colts have been this season, I mean, when you think of like high scoring teams in the NFL, the Colts are certainly not one of the first few names that come to mind. but they they have have been really having a nice offensive year, and it just makes you wonder, like, if
1: Anthony Richardson stays healthy, what they could be doing this season. I'm really curious to see if the Dolphins, even consider playing Devon A-Chan against Washington mm-hmm. when they're nine and a half point favorites, yeah. given that it's a knee and he just injured his knee and just got back from it and You're now he's out on again. on that field? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think I'd probably sit him. And Miami, listen, Miami's still going to win that game by double digits. Washington's done. Oh, Like this season, uh, this season's a wrap for them. there's
2: literally no need to run with Tua, those receivers, right. those passing concepts against that secondary. Like literally, you don't need to run the football. I'm with you. A-Chan shouldn't touch the field in this game. This is all about Tyree kill-overs, all about Jalen Waddle overs. I absolutely love Tua's longest completion in this game. It could be 99 and a half yards. I'm taking the over. Doesn't matter. He's gonna throw over it. I mean, this is just is is there a worse possible matchup for the Commanders secondary than going against this Dolphins passing oh, attack? Man. Probably not. So uh, yeah, man, take take the receiver overs. Two is gonna have a monster day.
1: Um... I mean Tyreek 120 plus receiving yards just just go crazy with it although what concerns me is they just go up so big that right. they do start running the football just to just to get out of there it, it felt like thing.
2: last week was the spot to kind of see how Washington would respond, right? Mm-hmm. Because they had that horrible loss to the Bears, responded with a nice road win Atlanta, had that horrible loss to the Giants, Christmas or Thanksgiving Day, National TV against their arch you thought they'd play, and then as soon as
1: that game got out of hand, they just quit. I think the same thing could happen against Miami. It's just going to be better soon it's going to be better soon it's going to be better soon hey how serious are the broncos playoff chances i kind of like it we're gonna ask zach by live from denver next it's betmgm tonight
0: we'll be right back in just a few head over to betmgm to place a better three this is betmgm tonight presented by betmgm live from betql
4: and and figure out a way to finish red zone if this had happened earlier but he he, the goat i love grant
5: love grant's in the chat says he's a real american absolutely grant you're you're
1: absolutely yes. right on that one uh i'm just glad he's okay everything went yeah. all right
5: so i you know that that's not going to last too long we know how you pick on the eagles you know what this bet is if you're betting on san francisco You're betting against the Eagles. You're like, okay, they've dealt with so much over the last couple of weeks. It doesn't mean you're betting against them for the season. But just in this specific spot, now a third straight tough game. And it was a short week, too. Remember that. And and they had the five quarters off that short week. And now you got to get ready for San Francisco. They have extra prep time. They've been gearing up for this one. Do you trust Purdy? That's how you get to the Eagles. That's soft secondary. If you trust Purdy, you're back in San Francisco. If you don't trust him to exploit this Eagle secondary, then you're uh, then you're taking the home dog. Um there I think there are some that we can bump down, is what stands out. Like there have been certain weeks where I've looked at the, at these odds and said, they've got it right. Oh, that is just dead on. The order, the number, like it makes perfect sense. I can't sit here and say that this morning. Should Dan Campbell be as short as plus 140 like he's on his own (laughs) tier right now he's on his own tier Mm -hmm. and D'Amico Ryan's his number you can find him more than double that should that be the case and then Mike McDaniel's on another tier so the the gap between plus 140 for Campbell or plus 175 range to Mike McDaniel at plus 600 does that make sense I don't think Sirianni's gonna win and he's your fourth favorite they, the expectations were just way too high. He's doing a terrific job, yeah. but that's just not how you win this award. Uh, Sean Payton is the fifth favorite. Can he win it? Sixteen to one. He's getting all the credit Ooh. right now. He's getting all and the there's credit.
1: There's still plenty of football, yeah. But mm-hmm.
5: can they keep this up? Like that's the thing. How many turnovers are going to need in the final third of the season for the Broncos to get into the playoffs? If they get in, if you believe that's going to happen, then maybe. Maybe I would not bet on Sean Payton, even though this is a guy that I liked coming into the year because I just don't know how this keeps up. Um, Bad quarterback play. Shane Steichen might be in the playoffs with a backup quarterback. And and (laughs) first-year guy, he's got to get some love. And Mike Tomlin talked about the easy schedule they're going to have for the next month. Maybe they're, they're in it at the end for the division. I fully expect them to be in the playoffs. Uh, Tomlin, there's a 20 to 1 at BetMGM. Uh, that shows value. And we've been talking about Tomlin for weeks with this award. So there are some names that I like down the board, like in that five, six, seven range, more than at the very top. Like, guys, Dink Campbell should not be favored like this. Yeah, I agree. I think the ones that stand out to me would be D'Amico Ryan's Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin and those and Payton and Tomlin as you pointed out Joe they those are the ones you can get value on I I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple weeks they're at the top
3: going to go down with the run with the running back williams and they're giving this defense so many looks so many shifts so many how to win and remember this is a team learning how to win with the new culture and sean payton and the pressure in the end zone and a sack the safety for zach allen and the cherry on top
0: let the conversation continue with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: At one point, the Denver Broncos were 1-5 in five this year, and everybody was down on them. Everybody's making fun of Sean Payton. But P.J., P.J. Glass are in for Ryan Horvat, and I guess Trista tonight, both of them, if you want to say it that way. Uh, I, I was scoffed at, P.J. I was laughed at. I was mocked. I was ridiculed by Ryan Horvat, who sits right on this side over here. And he told me that I was a crazy person for believing in Sean Payton for believing in Russell Wilson. And I said, no, 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 no. it doesn't look good now, but this roster is too talented. Then I kind of thought, okay, maybe they're just going to sell this whole thing off. And if they do, they're going to be terrible. But before the season, I said, they will be back. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton will work. He may not look the same, but he will be better than what he was last year. And now the Denver Broncos sit at six and five and have a chance in the AFC to sneak their way into the playoffs. What a difference just a few weeks makes in the NFL. It's
2: incredible. I mean, I think Peyton should, if they continue on this track and they make the playoffs, considering how Wilson has played this year, considering what the defense was. Nick, it was like a month ago where they were talking about how they were going to sell the entire team off. Do you remember that? I mean, this team gave up 70 points to the Dolphins with like seven minutes still to play in the fourth quarter. So it's been an incredible job. Not only have they won, five games in a row, but it's like the teams that they're beating. Like, they're beating playoff teams. They won—they beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They finally ended that streak. They won at Buffalo. They beat Minnesota. They just beat Cleveland. It's not like they're beating the Panthers, the Jets, the Patriots. They're beating legit teams. So, you know, we talked about it earlier. I think the AFC is wide open this year. Yes. I think it would be wise to take a sprinkle on one of those teams like the Broncos at 30 to 1, the Texans, maybe the Bills potentially at 18 to 1, because it, it's one of those years I think of the AFC, Nick, all you got to do is get in. And the Broncos check a lot of boxes. Great defense, Super Bowl head coach, Super Bowl quarterback. They could be a tough out.
1: Two weeks ago, the Denver Broncos were plus 520 to make the playoffs. I put a little sprinkle on that, nice. just just in case. Nice. They're now plus 130 to make the playoffs.
2: Well, what a huge game this is this week, <laughs> yes. right? Against the Texans. It I mean, is. this this tiebreaker between these two teams could go a long, long way. Huge game.
1: I I that's actually one of my favorite. It's my second favorite game, obviously. 49ers. Yeah. No, I agree. Is, it's game,
2: is second. Yeah, game. I'm looking number forward to.
1: one on the list for me for that. All right, we bring on Zach By now, host of the Drive on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. We haven't talked to you since the new time slot. Congratulations on that. Great to have you back on the show. Uh, I love your Broncos, man. I love what this team looks like over the last five weeks. Uh, But what has been the difference from that 1-5 and start to now the 6-5 and start? I'm assuming it's a lot more than, hey, Zach Wilson's getting along. Or, God, Zach Wilson. Russell Wilson is getting along with his teammates. I'm assuming it's probably more than that.
3: Yeah. if, If I were to reduce it down to its simplest form, they're turning the football over in the first seven games, guys, the Broncos had seven total turnovers. Contrast that with their last four football games. They have 15 turnovers in the last four games, guys. We keep on saying it's not sustainable, but it keeps on happening over and over again. Uh, That's the number one reason. The second reason is they have totally reduced the game plan for Russell Wilson down to its simplest form. He is treated like a rookie quarterback Go look at his passing attempts the first month of the season. You'll see numbers like 28, 31, 34, 38. Guys, he hasn't thrown for more than 200 yards just once over the last six games. Sean Payton is holding his hands. They have guardrails on this offense. And guess what? it's actually translated to winning football. This is more of what we saw from rookie year Russ in Seattle, but it's translating. Guys, in the red zone this year, Russell Wilson, 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions, a completion percentage of 68 in the red area. So although he's more of a glorified game manager, he's actually being elite being a game manager. Those two words don't often go together, but I think in this instance, it's appropriate.
2: Zach, what do you think has been the bigger boost to the offense? Javante Williams coming back, being healthy, looking like himself, or Cortland Sutton kind of emerging as that wide receiver number one?
3: I'd say the run game just in general. Uh, when, once they shifted to start winning games, their run percentage went way up. Uh, Javante isn't lighting the world on fire, but if you look at his last five games, he's averaging closer to 75 yards than he is 50. I think the season average says something around 50, 54, or whatever it is. But he has been much better than that. And then also uh, the emergence of Samaje Pirine in the last three games, heavily used on final game-winning drives uh, as a passing, uh, a, a pass-catching back, and then had seven carries this past week and ran it really well. So the combination of Javante and Samaje with Russell Wilson once again using his legs. This is something that he did not want to do a year ago and actually was like almost personally offended when he would be like referred to as like a a running quarterback. He's one of the greatest running quarterbacks of all time and he did not like that title. Uh, His numbers were way down with rushing attempts. In fact, Russell has two less rushing attempts through as many games this year as he had uh, all of last year and we still have six games left. So the willingness for Russell to... Uh, use his legs once again which he was unwilling to a year ago combined with that run game I think has been the backbone of this offense despite as well as Cortland Sutton uh, has played I mean up until this last Sunday he had a touchdown catch in five straight games he was trailing only Tyree Hill in touchdown catches this year as of a week ago I think he's still top five in there Um, but all that together but to to answer your question uh, bluntly it's more the run game here
1: yeah, it's clear that Cortland Sutton, uh, Russell Wilson chemistry is there, and it's developed more and more week after week, which is why any Cortland Sutton prop I can get my hands on, uh, I will do that week after week. Talking to Zach by BetMGM tonight. Let's look at that game coming up this weekend. Broncos are three-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Houston. We talked a little bit this earlier. like Where Houston is now, I, I see a team that is tremendous offensively and overcoming a lot of deficiencies they have especially with that offensive line cj stroud looks like an mvp candidate but their defense is actually trending in the wrong direction right now in houston giving up a lot more points that's something they were able to lean on earlier in the year when you look at this game for denver this weekend is that something they can really take advantage of is maybe where houston's defense is trending right now or is there maybe something else that you see that denver has an advantage in
3: no, I, I think you're spot on. Uh, Houston's defense has regressed a little bit, and I think it's time for the Broncos' offense to be the number one reason why they won a game. That has not been true in any game, really, during this five-game win streak, which is the longest Broncos' win streak since Super Bowl 50, 2015. Uh, that's what we're, we're, we're living in right now here in Denver. Um, but the offense, if you look at the, the, the last five games, They really—they've scored more than 24 points just one time, and that was this past week against the Cleveland team um, that was sort of demoralized with their quarterback situation, uh, despite being a tremendous defense. So I think it's—I think it's a game where um, maybe Russell comes to the forefront a little bit more as one of the reasons why why, while they're winning. And I heard. you guys talk about some of the futures with the Broncos. And I think this game, well, this game's just a massive game for the Denver Broncos. Houston is right ahead of them. Their playoff probability takes a massive swing. Right now, the Broncos have about 26, 27% playoff probability. If they win, guys, it's up to 50%. This is a team that started one in five. If they lose, it takes a nosedive down to 14%. But the extra layer of fun in this game is. Is Sean Payton has emerged as a coach of the year candidate? Uh, he was plus four thousand just two weeks ago, a somewhere around like a plus fourteen hundred a plus plus sixteen hundred, some something in that uh, in that variety. But D'Amico Ryan's is up there. So if it comes close and and the Broncos continue to win games, you actually could look at this head-to-head matchup: who wins this football game, Houston or Denver, and uh, what could have a heavy hand and potentially deciding the NFL coach of the year, which I have thirty-five dollars on in the preseason plus twelve hundred.
1: I, that, that's a great point. And so we look, look at so much of these MVP matchups, but there's also coach of the year matchups. And I think these two right now, both coaches have done a tremendous job. It just took one a little bit longer to kind of turn things around. You know, when you talk about Russell Wilson and, you know, the training wheels or the bumpers or however we want to describe it and the way that he used to quarterback very early on in Seattle, and that's what they're doing here, which is, I mean, in some ways, it almost reminds me of Jameis Winston in, in New Orleans that one year he was a starter. They were five and one before he got hurt, but he was averaging like 188 passing yards a game if they start to maybe open up the playbook a little bit more with Russell Wilson and it works in Houston, do you think that's something that Sean Payton will continue to do the rest of the year? Or will it be a, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and things are working right now?
3: Yeah, right now, I just don't think you tinker with it. But the irony of this whole thing, and this is fascinating, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going back and forth with my co-host on the drive, Philip Lindsay, former running back over this today, is mm-hmm. that we are not seeing, think about this fascinating uh, dynamic. We're seeing the Broncos win the most games in a row for the first time in almost a decade. But Sean Payton's not running his own offense. He this is not Sean Payton's offense. This is this is training wheels offense and and it's one of these things where it's working right now, but the Broncos have a decision to make, okay? Russell's new contract because the Broncos were so idiotic and paid Russell Wilson <laughs> the third richest contract in NFL history before he played a down of Broncos football. He had 2 years left on the old contract. So the new deal hasn't even kicked in yet. But here's the kicker. If he's on the team at the start of the new league year this March, he's financially kicked in for the following two seasons. So it's fascinating. Russell's playing well, much better. But Sean Payton's not running his offense, And they have a big boy decision to make on Russell's future in Denver. So what's the threshold for success that Russell needs to reach for him to be a lock to come back next year? Does Sean Payton look at this and saying, I'm holding this guy's hand. I could do this with Jared Stidham for two years, $10 million. That's the backup in Denver. I don't need to pay him a quarter billion dollars. We're not going to pay this guy $50 million to, 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 to throw for over 200, 200 yards one time in the last month and a half. So it's one of these fascinating things here moving forward big picture. I believe it's going to have to be a playoff appearance. That's the only way to lock in Russell uh, for the next two years. But don't forget that. He's financially tied. If he's if they go with him next year, it's not just oh one more tester year. He's locked in for two more years. So it's it's a it's a fascinating big picture conversation.
1: Are they are they how committed are they to that? If the, if they get out of that contract this
3: year, how much of that is still guaranteed? Dude, dude, they will double the largest dead cap hit in NFL history if they move on. The largest dead cap hit in NFL history, I believe, is Matt Ryan, forty million dollars in Indianapolis. Russell, they'll have to eat eighty-five million dollars of wow. dead money Jeez. if they move on. It'll be far and away the largest in NFL history. But so, so here, here's, and this is what my co-host Phil Lindsay says: doesn't matter what happens with Russell, you need to go to Russell and try to have him restructure that contract before it even kicks in. To which I say, if you go to the playoffs, why would he agree to do that? You just did what you 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 asked him to do, and paid him all that money to do. But they're doing it stylistically so different. It's not they're not winning games because of Russ. Uh, he's accenting like he's you know three or four times a game, coloring outside the lines. But this is not Seattle, Russ running around and throwing the deep ball. They don't even let Russell throw the deep ball. We had a football game three weeks ago where he had two completions beyond 10 yards the line of scrimmage. So it is a – guys, when I tell you, it's such a fascinating dynamic within the Broncos' win streak, which is fun, and it's hilarious for me to go on the air and react to this. It's been been fantastic. But there's big picture – things that happened here uh, with that contract, guys, it's $250 million. And I just, I don't know what they're going to do here uh, moving forward. They should have never gave the the new deal with two years left on the old deal. They should have never done that. Russell has always did the new contract with one year left on it. I'm sure you guys are similar. You don't do do a new deal with two years left on it. And then what happened last year happened. So it's like, it's one of these things where, it is a, it's underneath the surface of the NFL talking points nationwide, but I'm telling you, it's a fascinating NFL storyline.
2: That is. Zach, we have about two minutes left. I just want to get your thoughts on this game on, uh, on Sunday again because it's a huge game. I mean, the Broncos have the tiebreaker against the Browns. They have the tiebreaker against the Bills. Those are teams that are in the wild card race. You talked about how win-loss, what the playoff percentage looks like you beat the texans too and the tiebreaker against all three of those teams are going to be massive i'm really shocked that the broncos are three and a half point dogs in this game jacksonville was just two and a half point two point favorites against houston and i don't think the broncos are that much worse than the jags so what are your thoughts on this game
3: if i were betting the game which i will um I, i i would take i would take houston um What Mm. we're watching Denver do is really unusual. It's really unusual. Um, This offense, if you're you're watching the games as closely as I do on a down-to-down basis, like this offense has times where it's like, holy moly, you want to hold your nose when you watch the game. Um, I think the Texans have the better quarterback. I think the Texans are fantastically coached. They're playing in Houston. That fan base is uh, fired up. This is the first of a three-game road trip. In, the five, in December, that's happened five times in Broncos history, a three-game December road trip. They've never won more than one game in any of those five instances. And um, look, this could go either way. The number's that short for a reason. Um, there's some home field stuff baked in there. Uh, but at the same time, I would take Houston right now, just because I don't believe the way that the Broncos are winning is as sustainable as a lot of Broncos country would like to think. But guys, it's happened uh, you know five weeks in a row here. So maybe they have some more magic. It's, 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 it feels a little Tebow-esque to me.
1: Mm. Zach by 104.3, the fan in Denver knows the Broncos as much as anybody. Love talking to you, man. Appreciate you coming on again.
3: Thank you guys, man. Have a great night.
1: Uh, I may, I may be taking Houston. I trust Zach on that. It's bet MGM the night.
0: It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.
4: How long do you bet a trend? Do you bet the trend until it comes to a screeching halt? Or do you say, okay, eventually all trends come to an end? Because I'm looking Mm -hmm. at this Pacers game, the Pacers are 14-1 and to the over. Some of these games have been comically high scoring. Like you look at these final scores, 136 to 113, 131 to 132. 157 to 152. So Jenks, would you ever be brave enough to bet an under on a team that has been this scorching hot to the over?
3: No. (laughs) No, I would not. (laughs) No way. They've been unbelievable. You just gotta ride this out. You have to ride it out. The Pacers are crazy because they play no defense, but they're also number one in the NBA in pace of play. So that's the mm-hmm. reason why the they just keep crushing the Yeah. They, oh, good job. They are the Pacers. They're living up to their name, right? That's what they do. Yeah, I, I would be on the Pacers. I am on the Pacers over tonight. I believe what total is
5: 240 and a hook if my memory serves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would be on the over
3: until I see otherwise, particularly because it's not a fluke. It's This is just the way they play basketball. And I are you going to be on your Tyrese Halliburton prop?
4: I don't think so. Um, I would need to see the number because I do believe that the books are finally starting to catch up and the numbers are yeah. usually pretty high for Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm wondering, there is blowout potential. Like props mm-hmm. are killed by blowouts and the, the trailblazers are coming off a of back to back. It's a team that sometimes tr- has trouble scoring, which usually the cure for that is facing the Pacers. Uh, but still, okay. I think that is the sabotage factor. If you're looking at any type of player props in a game that has a 12.5 point spread. But going back to trends, do you think mm-hmm. that you should bet on games because of the trends? Or are you somebody who says, okay, trends don't always project what's coming next. It's just what's been happening. And it's kind of like you don't... Do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah, because no, I've gone saying. back and forth with people who say... Trends are not always relevant in sports betting. And they kind of equate it to spinning a roulette wheel and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, every other spin that you've had in the past 15 spins has no impact on your 16th spin. But I think if you can find a reason for why this trend has been so profitable, that's Mm -hmm. when you can actually play a trend and say, okay, if you have uh, a lot of ammo into saying why this trend has been happening, that's when you can start saying this trend is predictive as opposed to just something that's random.
0: Let the conversation continue with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: It's ninety-one sixty-six Kentucky over Miami right now, PJ. That is, you said Kentucky's up to 80%? In the second half, shooting shooting eighty percent. I've I've never. It's it's incredible. They
2: are they don't miss. With all that being said, too, uh, with two fifty to go in the game, I still have six points to work with. So despite them not being able to miss, <laughs> we have a fighter's chance. Even though I uh, fully know, well, this bet's over.
1: Uh, listen, it's not over till it's over. You're under one sixty four and a half. I'm over one sixty four. There's no way to really thread it without a push there, unfortunately. I like to, I'd like to find a way for I, both of I us to win too. this, but uh, no, I don't. Uh, I not. think it's it's kind of one or the other here right now. Not
2: gonna happen. Miami's defense as bad as advertised. Can't even get at, a life no. total either. Horrendous. Uh, so yeah, not good. Kentucky's offense, though, th- th- this is... You know, the last couple years, Calipari's teams have really struggled with to find shooters. Like, they just they couldn't stretch defenses. They couldn't shoot threes. You can see he really made an emphasis this year to bring into some shooters and... Paying off, Nick. Their their offense. They're they're going to be really tough to beat, especially at home this season.
1: Well, every guy that wants to go to the NBA has got to be able to shoot threes, and we know Kentucky wants to just be a funnel to the NBA because mm-hmm. John Calipari has said that's what he cares about the most. Which still to this day blows my mind that he said that inside thought outside his head. I don't know why he did that years ago, but I mean that's that's what you're going to get. They're trying to mimic the NBA. Every kid coming up now is shooting threes, so Kentucky's gonna just kind of mirror exactly what's going on. Where are we at? Wait, so we're at so nine...
2: I one more point to work with. I think they're at one sixty-four. Okay. Yeah,
1: I hate. I have to do the math here. One.
2: So we got a hundred seconds left. Minute forty, Nick. We just
1: need nothing. Page, you're but the enemy right bricks. now. Bricks, you're the enemy. Let's hit that nothing shot, Kentucky, but wrap brick. this. they oh. Damn it. We still all got right, life. Right. Come on, Miami. You we gotta make this respectable. <laughs> get to the rim. We still got life. Let's just get True one clock. more bucket here. Two
2: clock. Two clock. All right will three.
1: Take... Let's make this. Uh, d- no, no, I'm starting to get nervous. Go up. Go up. Hit the lamp. There we go. I know. Over 164. If Kentucky would have gotten Woo! that rebound,
2: it would have gotten It would have gotten interesting.
1: It's good because Giannis killed a parlay for me. He's Or he's about to anyway. See, uh, but
2: that lets me know that the under was the play. I mean, there's a minute left. Kentucky shot 80% from the field in the second half. And they're barely over the total.
1: Well, let's say let's look at this. The live total ballooned to about one seventy nine. Yeah. So there was a point for a while where it looked like there was no shot at this being close. It's now close. They're, so it, I'm, it, I'm it gonna... evened out at the end. It was still a very very sharp number. Clearly. I'm going to cry if this finishes at one Okay, no, thank you. There you thank go. you. I was like Another if this three. finishes
2: at 165 I'm going to cry.
1: 95-73 now. Kentucky over Miami with 40 seconds to go. So yep. the over is going to hit uh in this one. Yep. Meanwhile, now- Alabama's down 6-4 to Clemson early here. You're uh, roll damn tied. Got They're some gonna-
2: damn hoops going.
1: That's right. You know what? I think uh I think what this is going to determine here is whether Alabama wins PJ It my yeah, the, the you know, uh, SEC championship. A lot right of people here. would like to see this matchup in football,
2: but we're getting it. Uh, we're getting it in hoops tonight. So yeah, we'll yeah. see.
1: So if Alabama doesn't win this, that's a bad sign for the football team. Man, that under
2: actually was so close. If that kid doesn't hit that three in that layup, man, <laughs> don't. That's two. No, that's that's not that. You can't what have two shots Cal. I
1: mean, come on. You get. It, it's okay if it's one or two points, but now we're talking five. It's, all right, I mean, that's close enough, but mm. I get it. I've been there a million times. Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing to do, though, is to, like, look back at how close you were oh. if just this happened. It's like, yep. I had Travis Kelsey, uh, it, was la- oh, it was last week against the Eagles, I think it was over seven and a half receptions, mm-hmm. because I thought at the time at least Taylor Swift's family was going to be there. We didn't <laughs> find out until right before game time that nobody was going to be having the meeting, so I was like, we don't know how he plays in front of her parents. He's going to want to look like, you know, he's going to want to look like a Pro Bowl tight end still. <laughs> Of course, he finished with seven, but he had a couple of drops. I'm like, if he only caught one more, it was plus money. It was great. So we all go through that, and it's it's we just all do. it's the worst thing in
2: earth. It is, it is the worst. Uh, how many points is Giannis at?
1: Uh, Giannis is. Let me get back to it. The in this NBA. Score thing I have because
2: Kings and uh, Warriors have not started yet. Giannis right? has
1: twenty nine. It's dead. Oh. I mean, it's there's seven and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's okay. It was a free bet parlay. I got other stuff that's good. Kings Warriors is what I'm I'm more excited about. Again, over on rebounds and assists for both Demontis Sabonis and for Kevon Looney. They 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 love playing each other. I mean, they will go after each other, especially when it comes to rebounds. Looney's averaging over 15 uh, potential rebounding chances a game this year, over nine a game. He's had a couple of 20 rebound games against the Kings. Kings Kings-Warriors always is, it matters to both of those teams because the Warriors almost got knocked out in the playoffs last year by them in the first round, and it's like the Kings are kind of that, like, New kind of young form of a little bit of what they were. It's not the same offense, not obviously, but it's you know that that up and down high scoring team. There there there's something there. There's a mix of like Warriors, a little Showtime Lakers, a little just their own mix in it. But the, it matters to the Kings, but it also matters to Steph Curry. So I think he's gonna. I mean, he's hit three seven threes. Three of the last six games that they've played, he's hit four a couple of times in there. So Steph will knock down a bunch of threes if this game goes the way it's supposed to. A lot of rebounds and assists for DeMonta Sabonis, Kevon Looney, kicking the ball out. So this, I'm actually really excited about this game tonight too.
2: Really look forward to it. I took De'Aaron Fox over points. I just feel like every time he plays the Warriors, it's almost like yep. he enjoys the matchup, the challenge of going against Steph Curry and trying to like outdo him a little bit. So... First time these two teams played earlier this year. He had 39. He was great in that playoff series against them last year. So uh, I went over Fox points tonight. I think it could be a big De'Aaron Fox game. Just like you though, I'm I'm really excited for that game. The, the Miami and uh, Milwaukee games really good. Two point game with with seven minutes. It now. is. It That's is coming right down. So
1: here here are the last few games for De'Aaron Fox. Just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying when it comes to uh, what he does against the kings and it, i mean we, i don't want to go back to like early in his career because to me that's not really like like that's not who he was right like 6 points and 16 like when he was a rookie and it doesn't matter but you go back to uh, let's see. Early, 39, 22, 28, 26. Only 17 back in 2021. 44 also back in 2021. So, And really the last couple of years are what really matters. Last season and now here. Because mm-hmm. that's when the Kings really started to make that jump. And that's when you kind of got a little bit of this, this budding rivalry. It's not really going to last as a rivalry because the Warriors are getting old. And it's not... It, it kind of is what it is. Oh, I All took right. the over on uh, Brandon Miller points Had 18. I just saw that finished up. How about that? What was the uh... was 13 and a half? It was oh, a low number. He put nice. up. He had. I think it was only a, 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 It was like 10, 11 points in 10 minutes before he got hurt mm-hmm. against the Knicks last time. He's actually been playing really well this year for somebody that's playing for a horrible team. Plus, you don't have LaMelo Ball out there for a while for the Saw so he so. got hurt
2: today. Some yep. bad news that he's going to be out an extended period of time. Man. They're terrible anyway. Charlotte is just one of those. Ugh, let me tell you, it's not a great time to be a Charlotte sports fan, I was Ray.
1: just about to say that, man. It's bad down there. I, I hope oh. you guys.
2: I hope you guys like the college teams living yeah. in that area. You know, you got Duke basketball. You got Drake May. Uh, well, probably not for any. He's probably not playing the bowl game. Uh, but yeah, Panthers, Hornets. Not not great. You do have the Hurricanes. Got
1: to go up the road a little bit to Raleigh, but they're in Charlotte, Nick. Mm-hmm. Not not a good combo. Big uh, big Commanders territory, though. Actually, is it a lot? Because back before they had the Panthers. You had a lot of well Redskins fans at the time, so big, big, uh, big fan base down there. So you know, big turnaround for that. Went maybe. from uh, the
5: Mid Atlantic all the way down to Atlanta because there was yeah. nothing there. So and that makes I, sense. I uh, you know, I, I I knew a guy who used to deal with a lot of the radio affiliates back then. Mm-hmm. And Nick totally speaks the truth. It was
1: weird, large. Who, swap- who was that guy that dealt with those affiliates? Me. Yeah. <laughs> you managed a lot, loser. <laughs> well, it's actually kind of important for a network, so you managed that entire thing. Well done, good work, Scott. Good job. Hey, how about <laughs> good that? Good job, buddy. It's like you've done a lot in your career or something. <laughs> Little experience there. Uh, last night was just awful. I, I, it was the worst. I'm not even going to say the worst Monday night football game I've watched in a while, PJ. It was the worst football game I've watched all season. If I I've gave you the season. option
2: of rewatching Giants oh, and Patriots or Bears-Vikings, which one would you rewatch?
1: Oh, no. I, I don't... My God, I don't know. Um, Maybe... No, because is the noon dog show on from uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. again because honestly that was awesome TV. Oh uh, my
2: god, I I don't know. It's Bears Vikings for me. I just I guess I I guess Nick the Patriots and I the Giants are But at the least t- you got DeVito. You got Tommy DeVito with the hand and everything you and do. the chicken
1: cutlets.
2: Oh. I'm going on with my Rochester guys tomorrow and mm-hmm. I can't wait for them to ask me who the quarterback of the New York Giants. Oh, that would be Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. And I'm looking forward to them asking me who might start at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this week and that would be Joe Flacco.
1: Oh, they do the Baltimore thing with they you? They do. They love the Baltimore that's awesome. thing. They love it. So, do you talk about Natty Bo
2: all the time with them? Talk about it all. We talk about it. <laughs> it all started during the Women's World Cup with Megan Rapino and that's oh. when, oh yeah. So they love that. But they've been loving the Devito thing. Can you believe he's won two games in the NFL?
1: Man, he what are is the Giants doing? Up. First
2: of all, I know. Like,
1: what are they actually doing? You know what's great? The Commanders That's now sit in the fifth spot. Fantastic! Let's for go! You. Keep on winning! I mean, literally. I love Tommy Devito. Win football games. Just keep winning them because I need my Commanders to jump into like the top four. Because you know what, what? What's sick
2: is the Giants are like. Well, the Seahawks keep losing. They have this stretch coming up. The Vikings have lost two in a row. Maybe we'll be able to sneak into the playoffs.
1: Oh my god. I love it that's what
2: they're thinking in that building uh it's just it's ridiculous are they off they're off this week
1: yeah Yeah, they're on by yeah they're on Mm by this week uh but what i always try to remind people i mean you know this obviously but a lot of people forget like we talk about teams tanking the players on the field aren't tanking they're just not good like front offices want to tank a lot of times coaches don't want to tank unless they've got the like the front offices tells them like look this is the plan We want to get you your guy at quarterback. And if you're the Giants, you want to get your guy at quarterback. I'm sorry, it's not Daniel Jones. And if they're going to sit here and try to create this narrative that Daniel Jones is going to be their guy next year, they gave him a contract that they can get out of after really this season, definitely after two seasons. Nope. So maybe you keep him around as a starter, you draft somebody, and then it's Drake May halfway through the year.
2: He is so bad. How Giants fans ever thought that guy was good,
1: it just will never make sense. You see, well, them. here's what, well, they probably watched him playing against Washington. Every time he That's plays them, he looks the like a Pro Bowl quarterback. He but is terrible. He's, but you see flashes, though. Eh, like, yeah. here, here's when Tommy DeVito but, shows flashes, But see, now, now, who is it? Tommy who? DeVito.
2: DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Touchdown, Tommy. When you
1: are a a, a franchise, I mean, I know they had Eli for a long time, right? But Mm -hmm. anytime you're looking for the next guy, you don't know who your quarterback is. Fan bases are going to try and find things that, okay, maybe this is going to work. Some give up faster than others. Like some have already said in Washington, Sam Howell's not the guy. Some believe he's the future of the franchise. I'm more in the middle. I think there's potential there, but I think his ceiling's a little bit lower than definitely Drake May or Caleb Williams, and we could argue some of the other guys in this draft. I really like Jaden Daniels, Daniels, actually, too. I think he's somebody that sneaks sneaks into the first round. I think he's
2: the best player in college football this they, season. They talk
1: about, like, he, he's, his frame is a little bit skinny. Okay, then put on muscle. Like, the kid is fantastic.
2: He is so... He's faster than Lamar. He's unbelievable. He's, he's the fastest quarterback I've ever seen. I In fact, unreal. I...
1: He's going to be the fastest-rising quarterback in this draft coming up, PJ. I would, I would agree. He's going to start having workouts and people are going to go, oh, my God. No doubt. And I I cannot wait to see it. Mm -hmm. So maybe he'll be a commander. We'll see. It's BetMGM the night.